And then all of a sudden, you're farming out your payroll and your marketing to other companies or people in your business. So you don't have to do it all. I mean, over time, you know, I found that the biggest question of how am I going to get this done turned into this? Who's going to do it? Solid, Solid. Sustaining, sustaining, and successful. and successful. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast with your host, Kyle Meads, speech and language pathologist. Listen, learn, and prosper as we share our experience and knowledge so that you can improve your business and your life one podcast at a time. Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. This is episode number 46. My name is Kyle Meads, and I'm a speech pathologist since 1993. And these podcasts are designed to help you improve your business and your life one podcast at a time. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is January 26, 2019, and we have well over... 44,503 listeners to the show, and I'm super glad you guys are all out there getting good, valuable, free information, and you know me. I'm going to say it every single episode. Value is what you get in the absence of money, and these podcasts are absolutely 100% free for you, so if you wouldn't mind, just go to the iOS or Android platform or Spotify platform of your choice and leave some good five-star feedback. That way other people just like you in the same boat can get the good, same valuable information that you're getting. I would appreciate if you do that. And I would also like to welcome the new listeners to the show. If this is your first episode, well, welcome. If you wouldn't mind, just start at the beginning and work your way up through all these episodes, and you'll see what we're all talking about. We're all talking about how to improve our lives, the quality of our lives, so we can spend more time with our families and friends, and at the same time, help other people get the services that they need through our clinics and our speech therapy services. So that's what this show is about. It's to help you grow and scale or start your own speech therapy private practice. And if you would like some help doing that, I have a ton of experience. I've been doing speech pathology work now for 26 years. And if you want to get some access to me, it's very simple. You can always just go to privateslp.com forward slash membership. There you'll see two ways to work with me hand in hand. You can do the perfect student. That's where you come into Tucson and you can just immerse yourself in our clinic and work with me one-on-one. Now that's kind of difficult for a lot of people because they just can't leave their job and take, you know, three or four weeks to get over to Tucson. But if you would like to work with me online, that seems to be the easier option for most people. And that's where you can join the online all access community and you can work with me one-on-one there's a private coaching section in there we just recently had our first online zoom conference there where we had members from the all access community and we were talking about credentialing and contracting and billing and pay rates and reimbursement it was just a really 
good quality membership meeting. And so we just finished that and we've got something planned for February. And that happens once every month in the All Access community. We always get together and we'll have a live webinar. There's also private coaching sections. There's forums in there. There's forums and systems. Everything that we use to run our speech therapy private practice in Tucson is in there. So if you'd like to have access to that, just go to privateslp.com forward slash memberships. Also, if you would like, you can always ask me a question and I'll be more than happy to answer your questions for you. Also, I'd like to welcome three new members to our All Access community. That would be Kimberly. She's an occupational therapist and she joined the Speech Therapy Private Practice All Access community. Uh, Welcome, Kimberly. And also, I'd like to welcome Dana and Kristen, who are both speech pathologists. Now, I wanted to take some time now to answer a few questions from our listeners. We recently had a listener from New York. He was wanting to place a flyer for his speech therapy services in a local coffee shop. And his question was pretty direct. He wanted to know if that was considered solicitation or was that an advertisement? And, you know, I was actually camping with my son and his best friend, whose father is an attorney. So we were in a cabin out towards the border of Mexico, very south Arizona. We were riding dirt bikes and camping and just eating dirt and having a good old time, eating MREs. And MREs are what they give to the military for meals. And they have vegetarian MREs. So I had one of those. And my son and his buddy, they had the other MREs. But we were out there and this gentleman emailed me. And on the way to bed, I was able to check my email. And of course, I spoke to the lawyer and I asked him that simple question. Now, again, even though I'm not a lawyer, but the other guy was, we are not in the state of New York, but I did get a pretty nice answer for this gentleman. Now, I know solicitation is not recommended in any state for speech therapy services. In other words, you can't go to a local school with a private practice flyer and post those flyers in the school. But, you know, if you're in a Starbucks coffee shop or a local coffee shop and, you know, when you put your cream or your sugar in your coffee, you look up and there might be a bulletin board, you know, I don't think there's really anything wrong with putting a business card or a flyer on that bulletin board there. But here is what the suggestion would be. And again, we're not lawyers. I'm not a lawyer. I don't give legal advice. But my suggestion would be in a small 10 font red at the bottom of the flyer, you can put this as an advertisement for speech therapy services. And I think that would do the trick. I mean, in the big scheme of things, I think speech pathologists, we have to get out of that mentality where we should ask, you know, for permission. I think we shouldn't ask for permission, but ask for forgiveness later, because we have to push the envelope sometimes. Again, you can't bring a flyer and put it at the school, but if you want to leave a business card or a flyer around town, I think that's okay. I don't see a problem with that. And if somebody calls you on it, you know, you just say, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Show me the law and we'll fix it. That's what I would do about that one. Uh, Second question, a gentleman wanted to know about uh, starting up his new private practice, and he wanted some sort of a dummy 
budget plan so he could get a good friend of his who is willing to invest into a profitable and financially healthy business. He wanted to get that going. And so I just simply wanted to respond to that question as well. You know, I never had a dummy budget plan, nor I really never had a budget. I never really had a business plan of any sort. I went to the Small Business Administration and I asked for help and they really didn't give me any direction. So I just did it on my own. I made it up as I went along. I started as a single sole provider. I did all the work. I did everything and every penny I made, I saved. I ate a lot of beans. I ate a lot of rice and I didn't spend any money. And so I had no plan or budget to try to sell anybody really anything. So my answer would be very specific. Number one, I would not mix your friends and your business at all because I've seen and talked to many, many, many private practice owners. And I will say this, that friends and money don't mix And I have seen a lot of partnerships break up. I would actually go the more sole proprietor or LLC, PLLC route and just be a sole owner of your own business and start that thing yourself. And every bit of money that you make, you save and you live on a financial budget as far as budget of your spending habit, just you know, meet your basic needs, pay your rent or your mortgage or your car insurance you know, get your food bill paid, you know, if you've got credit cards. And that's another thing. If you're in debt, get out of debt before you start your business. You don't want to do that because it just makes it more and more difficult. But just keep it slow, keep it simple, and take your time. And you won't have to pitch anything to anybody until you do have two or three or four locations. And then if you want to, you know, triple that, then you can start hitting people up and, um, the dummy budget plan you would give that person would be your profit and loss statements from your CPA. That way you can get investors. So that would be my answer to that person's question. A third question I received recently was about a young lady who is working as a contractor for a business owner in her community. And she wanted to know why that person was deducting a fee for every session. She wanted to know what that fee was called, or maybe like a referral fee. Would she expect that it's reasonable to request that she purchase therapy materials or assessments for her? Was she covered under her liability insurance? Should she expect reimbursements for travel? And she understands that she will send her a 1099 at the end of the year. She'll have to pay taxes on that money that she's paid. But she was wanting to know more about itemizing her deductions and that never exceeds her standard deduction. So, I mean, in a nutshell, what she's doing, she's contracting. So the person she's working for gets a lump sum of money and pays this person you know, per visit to see kids for speech therapy or adults for speech therapy. And that's not a referral fee. That's just business. The person who owns that company has every right to make a profit and you would want that company to make a profit. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a job. So there's no name for that fee or it's not a referral fee. It's just called business. You guys, when you talk to someone and you accept 
a job working with someone on a 1099 basis, you should be clear and under the full understanding that you're not going to receive anything but that one lump sum payment for every visit that you perform. You know, that person would not put you under their liability insurance. They're not going to reimburse you for travel. It's not reasonable to ask that person who owns that company to purchase therapy materials and or assessments. I mean, they could, but they really shouldn't have to because if they did all that, they should just hire an employee and pay the employee taxes and just hire somebody to do that. So again, it's nothing to be angry about to, you know, ask someone, you know, for clarity. Hey, you know, we're going to be working as a 1099 uh, contractor position. I understand that I'm going to get X amount of dollars for every visit. I'm going to cover my own liability insurance. I'm going to have my own bag of tricks, my own assessments, my own toys. I'm going to put that in my trunk of my car and I'm going to drive around. And I know I'm not going to be reimbursed mileage, but I'm going to get a very good rate. And that rate's going to be directly deposited into my checking account every two weeks. Is that right? And, you know, you can ask for that in writing, but, you know, it all goes back to clarity. And at the end of the day, I don't think it's fair to go back to someone like an employer and just, you know, secretly give them a little nudge and say, hey, can you help me on reimbursements for these miles? You should do those and ask those questions before you take a job. You know, get all that up front because, again, you really don't want to have any ambiguity in any business relationship. You want to be clear and upfront and honest. So, again, 1099 employees, you know, the irs.gov website has tons of information on that. It's just very clear. You pay your own taxes. You can itemize your deductions. And if they don't exceed the standard deductions, that's okay. That's what standard deductions are for. So, I hope that helps. And if you go back to some earlier episodes, you will see the expense tracker application that I used to use when I had an iPhone. And that's a great app for tracking mileage and things like that. So you can help increase your itemized deductions, you know, depending on how much work you're doing. So, well, I hope those were uh, helpful for you. That was three questions from three different listeners. Today, I'd like to talk about redundancy. And now what is redundancy? I mean, we all know what that means, but, you know, redundancy at its simplest form, that's the state of being no longer needed or useful. And, you know, as speech-language pathologists, when we're trained with our master's degree and PhDs for some people, I mean, we're really trained to help other people. We're trained to go above and beyond to assist people and family members and their children and, you know, people who've had strokes, traumatic brain injury, dysphagia, stutterers fluency issues. I mean, we're designed to help people. That's why we went into this profession in the the very beginning, so we can help others. And, you know, I think when we start helping others, it's hard to pass those tasks on to other people. You know, that's always known as just delegating. And it's something you have to get used to in speech therapy, private practice, because when you're first starting out, you know, you're doing everything. You're doing all the service delivery. You're doing all the referrals. You're doing all the billing and all the AR. What's AR? That's accounts receivable. You're doing all the general office cleaning or the janitorial work. You're doing IT work. You're working with printers and credit card processors, and you're getting all the supplies. You're going to Amazon and getting that stuff done. You're going to Costco. You're doing all the payroll and the marketing. I mean, as a sole practitioner, we're doing everything. And it can be really, really challenging. But these systems need to be run by others as one grows. So it's not uncommon 
for the first thing to go would be service delivery. I remember when I first started my own business, I wanted to have more time so I could spend with my son and take him on his class field trips. I just wanted to be a father. You know, I'd worked my whole career working in hospitals and clinics. You know, I had that whole hospital phone slash beeper thing attached to me, the electronic leash and running down to the emergency room to do dysphagia evaluations and running back up to the NICU, you know, to look at a child in the NICU or the PICU. So, you know, I did a lot of different things in my, you know, my profession and my career, but, you know, it was really bad when I wanted to have time off and I just couldn't have it. So my first goal in private practice was not financial, it was time. And so one of the first things I did was I hired staff. I saved every single penny and I hired staff. I trained you know, an SLPA, an assistant who still works with me today. She's one of the best people in the whole wide world. She helps me on a daily basis uh, with other other things, but not an SLPA at all. But that was one of the first things I did was train other SLPAs how to do really good top-notch therapy. And then over time, I was able to replace myself. I was able to be redundant you know, as far as being a speech pathologist, which freed me up to start working on my referrals and working on my billing and accounts receivable. And then over time, I just simply couldn't do it myself. So I hired our office manager, Esther, and she started taking that bull by the horns and worked on driving referrals and doing our billing and our accounts receivable. And then as we kept growing and growing, you know, we had to have the place clean because when you're dealing with children, you've got all the phlegm and the coughing and the sneezing and the floors and the walls and the handprints and, you know, the bathrooms. That's another subject. Even in the all-access community, we talk about, you know, how much toilet paper goes into a clinic. I know people laugh about that, but, you know, it's something you need to keep in mind. How much cleaning supplies do you need to run a clinic? How much soap? How much hand sanitizer? Um, all of that stuff we discuss in the All Access community. And so there came a point in my career where I had to hire someone to help with the office cleaning. You know, it was every other day, and then it was twice a week, then every other day. Then now we have cleaning personnel that come in six days a week to keep our office spotless. And then, you know, it just came to, from me being the IT guy and working with printers and credit card processors and software, I just had to hire other people to help with those tasks, even, you know, utilizing services like Amazon to get a discount where you have your subscribe and save application where you know you're going to need how much toilet paper every month delivered and hand sanitizer and things like that, things that you know the clinic's going to need. And then all of a sudden, you're farming out your payroll and your marketing to other companies or people in your business, so you don't have to do it all. I mean, over time, you know, I found that the biggest question of how am I going to get this done turned into this? Who's going to do it? Because I just simply didn't have the time. And it's not going to be me. I am growing our business and scaling our business. So I can't really stop and, you know, change a faucet or it's the plumber's job. Let's just call the plumber and pay for it. Or 
when the network is going down, you know, it's time to call the IT guy, have him come look at things. Or when we are looking for billing and accounts receivable, you know, I just can't stay on the phone and argue with insurance companies. There's only so much that I can do. So again, your goal in private practice is to become redundant. And that is the truth because you're not responsible for everything under the sun. You just simply can't do it all. And so once we realize that we're supposed to be redundant in our own businesses, you know, you're making progress. I mean, I don't even have an office. I've been kicked out, moved around as we've grown over the last 11 years from this place to that space to this table. And now um, it's funny, but we had a recent audit and the lady came in and she wanted to know where some of our records were. And I brought her into our private bathroom, which is under lock and key. And I went to the shower stall and she was surprised to see that I had a lock box with records in there. I'm like, absolutely. This is is my spot. So she laughed. I laughed. It was awkward. But hey, that's the way it goes when you're growing. You know, another little side story. The government's been shut down. I think they opened up yesterday, which was Friday. But uh, we're negotiating a building and I've got an SBA loan, but we weren't able to close that loan because the government shut down. So on a side note, always have a plan B for finances because you will sleep a lot better at night knowing that you've got a savings account or some sort of line of credit or another deal with another bank so you can get what you need to keep your business running. And again, if I weren't redundant in all of these things I just described above, you know, I wouldn't have the time to go get these other things in place so I could purchase, you know, a piece of real estate for our business or, you know, so it makes sense to free up the owner's time so we can do more for our business. So I hope this has been a good episode for you guys. It's nice to be back on the mic. We've been gone for about six weeks traveling and having family time and just, you know, working and growing our own business, but it's just so fun to be back behind the microphone and I appreciate the listener base and thank you for the questions. And if you ever need anything, just go to privateslp.com forward slash contact and you can always find me there. Also, if you need help with billing or credentialing, we have a billing or credentialing service with uh, Private SLP. You can find that at privateslp.com forward slash billing. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. For more information on Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup or to stay connected with Kyle, please visit privateslp.com.